Welcome to the Gathering at Adel's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. says we give you the highest praise you deserve it all the way that we give him the highest praise is we give him the highest place in our lives we can't say we give you the highest praise if he's not the highest place in our lives if we've seated other things on the throne of our hearts before him So we're just going to provide an opportunity for you to just close your eyes. The music's going to be playing. It's going to take one minute. And you're going to say, Father, is there anything that I've placed higher than you, that I'm giving higher praise to than you? And then you're going to listen. So let's just do that real fast as the music's playing. Father, is there anything in me that I give praise to before you or more than you? When he reveals that to you, then just say, Father, I repent. for the Holy Spirit to give you strength this week because you're not going to know how to do it on your own you're not going to be able to do it on your own because it's been there for a long time it's a habit, it's a routine at this point it's something you've learned to live with and deal with it's the new normal, the new reality for you and you just have to say no that's not who I am anymore give you the highest praise. We give you the highest place in our hearts, in our lives. through fifth. If you guys want to line up back there with, uh, I think it's Josh today, right? Are you, Josh and Bree, you guys are teaching today. The man, the myth, the legend. First through fifth are going back there. They don't have to. If you want to keep your kids here, they are welcome to stay. Got some negotiations going on. Hey, as they're, as they're walking out, can we just, I'm just going to pray over them real fast. So, Father, we just pray for our first through fifth, first through sixth, whoever's going back. Father, we just pray over our kids, over our teachers. Father, may they encounter you like never before today. Father, may they see you as the one true God. May you do something in their heart and their mind that they weren't even expecting today. May they see you for who you really are. Father, we pray for Bree, we pray for Josh to just speak through them. Father, may what happens here today 
be for your glory, for your benefit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a good day. What a good day. You know, we're, we're going through the book of Ephesians right now. And uh, with the, started in Galatians uh, a couple months ago. We've worked our way through Ephesians. And we really spent last week on Ephesians looking at just, we're, we're in verse, chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. And really began to just look at those phrases and how often it came up, that, that phrase, in him. Like all of these things are possible and they're good, but only in him. Apart from him, Jesus said that we can do no good thing. Right In John chapter 15, talking about the vine and the branches. And so everything that we try to do that's in us will fail. And you might be able to sustain it for a little bit through willpower, determination, pride, and all of that. But at some point, it will cr come crumbling down. Only when it's in him is it going to last. And so... Uh, I, we do have family lunch after this. My voice is kind of, uh, we've had a lot of football. Friday night uh, playoff, uh, high school football. I went to a game on last night, college football. And uh, my voice is kind of coming in and out. So we're going to try to, I just enjoy cheering for my teams, you know. And, and that involves booing the other team. That's how you encourage, that's how you encourage the, you know, your team. But also those refs need help. They, you they, don't, they didn't know it that they needed help when they took the gig, but they needed my help. You know, I had to keep calling all those penalties from the stands. It got so bad when I said, hey, ref, I'm, I'm going to go to the concession stand. You're, you're on your own right now, right? You're going to have to do it because you ain't seeing it, but I've helped you. But hopefully this third quarter, you got it. But uh, when my voice is in and out, I, I just love, I love to just uh, cheer, have a good time, encourage one another. And so we're in Ephesians, so give me. I, I called a bunch of them. Give me, uh, man, give me some strength today, Father, for my voice. We love you. But, man, what, what a glorious passage. Ephesians is one of the most rich passages of Scripture that you can have. Actually, we're going to be looking at verses 3 through 14. They're going to be up on the screen. I'm going to read. You guys can read along on the screen, but read to yourself, but along, follow along. That's what the better terminology. All right, here we go. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. It says, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ, as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth and in him. Verse 11, in him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. So that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. Verse 13. In him you also were sealed with a promised Holy Spirit. 
when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Verses 3 through 14, 202 words in the original Greek is one sentence. Uh, uh, just to be funny, I was like, I'm going to try to do that today. And then uh, this week I was like, I better practice that in my car first. Yeah, not happening. You know, like I don't need to embarrass myself. I already do that most days anyways. But can, the thought is that from verse 3 through 14, it is one continuous thought that Paul got to where he was writing this letter and he starts writing and he's like, man, I can't stop. There's no, there's no period. There's no pause. Nothing. Let's just keep going. This is one solid thought and it's so rich. The entire gospel is summed up right here in Ephesians chapter three, uh, Ephesians chapter one, verses three through 14. And what I love about this is where we're going to be spending today. Last week, it was in him today. Look at, uh, Verse 3, blessed is God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in, in the heavens in Christ. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We have to come to this mindset shift that the way that the Lord blesses us is spiritual blessings in heaven in Christ, or, or yours might say, if you're in the NIV, it might say every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ, where we have to understand that the way that we are blessed now is spiritually, not materially, and that that that's today could be potentially offensive. It, it offended me writing this out today. Okay. So just, I want you to be aware, it could be very offensive that, that the Lord is more concerned about blessing you spiritually than he is materially. That in the Old Testament, the way that the Father would bless those who obeyed him, those who were called according to him, is that he would bless them with material. Right, they say, look at Abraham. Abraham was blessed, and they would list off. Here's why Abraham was blessed. He had this many cow, this many sheep, this many goats, this many kids, this many wives. All of that, it was all material possessions. But then Jesus came on the scene, and he begins to teach in the Beatitudes. And he goes through the Beatitudes on the, on the Sermon on the Mount, and he goes through them, blessed is this, blessed is the poor in spirit, right? Blessed is this, blessed is this. And he comes and he goes, you have heard that it was said this way. But, but I tell you this. Because Jesus came on the scene to change our mindset that our blessings now are not the things that we can see and touch and possess and own and enjoy on this side of heaven, but that our blessings are in him. The fullness of God was in Christ and everything that we need is in Jesus. There's not one thing that you need. There are things that you desire. There are things that Jeff desires, that he wants, that he covets, that he envies, that he plans and purchases, and that I want. But there is only, only things that I need are found in him. In him is the fullness of all that we desire. Because once we have that right, then we have a proper idea, a proper perspective of what we think that we need. See, Jesus comes on and where it was all about building your kingdom. And, and establishing this and, and your lineage and your inheritance and all of that. And you want to establish the most. 
Jesus came on and said, what, what good is it to gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul? You can possess all that the world has, but what good is it if you forfeit your soul? As you, as you accumulate all of those things and you forego your relationship with Christ and you've accumulated wealth that's never before been seen, what, what good is it if you're in hell? Eternally separated from him. Jesus comes in and he says, hey, the first will be last. Those who seek to save their lives will lose it. But those who lose their lives for my sake will be saved. He, he changes it all away. Don't, don't store up yourselves treasures in heaven. Or on earth where moth and rust can destroy. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven that can't be taken away from you. You see, we've been blessed by God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven in Christ. Our spiritual blessings are eternal. They cannot be taken away. They are eternal, but not only that, but they are internal. As we do baptisms today, you look at the blessings that were happening inside of those people. You don't get to see it. You see the public declaration of what's going on, but you didn't get to see the, the regeneration of their hearts. You didn't get to see the forgiveness of their sins, the slate wiped clean. We didn't get to see that because we're on this side of heaven. But on that side of heaven, you, you got to see Alice, Rebecca, Addie. You got to see these Beautiful children, like slate wiped clean. Where, where, where God used to see their sin, but now it's covered by the blood of Jesus. Material, earthly blessings, those things that we so desire, they're temporary and they're external. Sometimes when, when somebody has a transformation of the Lord and You'll hear them say, like, you, you don't even know what's going on inside of me, man. And that's a blessing, but a lot of times with our material possessions, we have them and they're external so that others can see them. There was a guy, we lived in Tyler for a year and uh, working construction and this guy he he was me and him were working together and he was telling this story he goes yeah my bu my buddy Eddie he's got a boat he goes he pulls that boat all over town he goes I I never seen Eddie fish in that boat Eddie got a boat so everybody knows he's got a boat how many times do we pull around whatever it is New shoes, new haircuts. We can't, that, that kind of goes with everybody can tell that. But you know, like, like how many times do we pull around our new job, a new truck? And it's like we're doing all those things. Why? So that we can be seen. The American dream is not the, <laughs> to follow Christ is not to pursue the American dream. We're so confused by that. We live in a material world where we, we seek out that. Man, just go look up on Facebook, on Instagram, hashtag blessed life. 
And not one of those things will be an eternal blessing, a spiritual blessing. It's new house. And man, what a joy it is to rejoice when you get a new house. To, to get into a place to call your own. But, but to think that that's your blessing from the Lord is to confuse the greatness of our actual spiritual blessings. Those are just byproducts of following Lord, of the Lord. He's so good to us that he takes care of us. He gives us more than we deserve, more than we could ever ask of and even imagine. The Lord is good to us. But our focus cannot be on those things. Our focus has to be on the spiritual blessings. And we're going to look through some of those things today. L look at this. It says, he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Verse 4. And for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. I mean, a new truck is nice, but to be chosen before the foundations of the world. Like, it's not like he created everything and is like, now what am I going to do? He created us, and he goes, let me give them a place to enjoy. Before the world was formed, he chose you. If that's not the hashtag blessed life, I don't know what is. Because, I mean, I think we've all been part of, of a where we haven't been chosen. Everybody, anybody not been chosen before? Yeah, it's probably gonna happen to some of y'all on my volleyball team today. Apologize ahead of time, all right? <laughs> not really, but really. <laughs> but, but at some point in time, we've all not been chosen. We've not been chosen in PE. We've not been chosen for a job. We've not been chosen for a second date. We've not been chosen for a house. We've not been chosen for a medical procedure. We've not been chosen for this or for that, for a job, a promotion. We've all not been chosen, and we all know what happens, that feeling of like not being chosen sends the message that we're not valuable, we're not worth being picked, that we're not useful and we have no purpose. That's, that's, why, that's why you don't get picked. That's why you don't get chosen because they're, they're saying you're not worth this job. They're saying you're not worth my time. They're saying that, that you're not worth the, the risk of uh, uh, taking a good organ for someone else to put it in you. It's a waste because you're not going to live much longer. To not be chosen for a sports team says there's a lot of better other people than you. You can't help our team win. So, so what happens is then we have to compensate for that. So when we're not chosen, something happens in our mind that goes, okay, I'm never going to not be chosen again. And then we begin to strive and work so that we could be known, seen, valued, and wanted and desired. We'll, we'll, we'll spend time, money, effort, energy. We'll get private sports lessons just so that we can make that next team and prove them wrong. We'll, we'll work overtime. We'll grind. We'll, we'll sacrifice family so that I can get that job so that they know that I'm, I deserve this. 
that you made a mistake. You, I'm going to make you pay that you passed up on me. We do all of these things so that we can be seen and heard and loved. Like we, we don't get chosen, so then we make ourselves unforgettable. Have, have you ever noticed that? That we'll do things, you'll see people that do things, and you'll be like, that's kind of weird. It's weird because what's happening is they're trying to fill a hole in their heart by an exter- with an external thing. They'll, they'll get a tattoo in like the most weird spot, but it's so that, they, so that nobody ever forgets them. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it's that whole uh, all press is good press, right? Hey, at least they're talking about me. We want to be known and we want to be relevant. And so we'll do things that, so that we're never passed over again. The same thing is true if we don't understand that from the beginning, from even before the foundation of the earth was formed, he chose you. If we don't know that in our head and in our heart, then we will do things to be known by him. We will try to get the attention of not just our father, but of others. To say, hey, I'm worth it. We'll strive and we'll work and we'll try to earn our way into the father's good graces. When he chose you before you had even before you were even born, he chose you. Before you could ever do anything for him, he chose you. The, the word actually says, and while yet we were still enemies with him, he went to the cross for us. You were chosen before the foundation of the earth. I'm not sure there's another better blessing than that. To be wanted by the creator of all that is seen and unseen. To be, to be desired so desperately. And he wants us so much that he was willing to give up his only son to die the most awful death so that we could be reunited with him. That should motivate us to live a life that goes, man, I'll run through a wall for this guy. But not only that, but we were chosen before the foundation of the earth to be holy and blameless. God chose you before the foundation of earth. It wasn't like, like you know, you go, you go to like a, a pound with, with all the, the pets that nobody wants. And it's like you feel sorry for one of them, so you adopt them. He chose you before the foundation of the earth because he wanted you, but he chose you for you to be holy and blameless. Holy means to be set apart. Some of y'all's translations must read, I mean, because it says, for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless. I think somebody's got one that goes around, he chose us to be happy. Somebody says it because that's what we're acting like. He just wants us to be happy, live my best life. Uh, he wants me to look, you know, look like the rest of the world. But, it, but he says that he called us to be holy, to be set apart. We shouldn't look like the rest of the world. We should be different because we should be blessed beyond all measure. Where, where no matter what we're going through, it's like, man, that guy's set apart. He's different. Look at him. In a good way, right? We're set apart for a purpose. 
I think so many times we struggle with knowing what, what God's will is for our life and what purpose do we have. Well, in, in verse 9, it says that he's made known to us the mystery of his will according to, the good, to his good pleasure. So because of the Holy Spirit, we can know the mystery of his will. It's no longer a mystery to us because he's given us the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in purpose. We've been, we've been set apart. We've been chosen to be set apart. We have to look different. The people in this, these walls have got to look different than the ones out of them. Otherwise, how are we ever going to get them to come into a real relationship with him? If we look like them, if we talk like them, if we act like them, if we want all the th same things that they want, then why are they ever going to come into a relationship with the Father? They'll say, I'll stay where I am and I don't have to give up my Sunday mornings. I don't have to give up money out of my bank account to give to the local church. I'm not going to go serve on Christmas Day. I'll, I'll just be with my family. Why would I do that if y'all look just like me? We have to look different than the rest of the world. But he said that we've been chosen to be holy and blameless sons. Blameless is this word to be free of guilt. Free of filth and sin. You were chosen to be holy, to be set apart, but to be free of sin and filth. If you're in filth right now, that's not his plan for you. It, it's not just uh, the thorn in your side like Paul's and, and the thorn in your flesh, you know, where you say, well, I, uh, alcohol, I mean, my dad was an alcoholic, my grandpa was an alcoholic, that's just, my, that's just the thorn like Paul had. No, no, you were chosen from the beginning before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless, to be free of that filth. You're not in sin, oh, well, yeah, the Lord's just going to teach me something through that. No, he's not. You are called to be free of sin and filth to where, where there's no blame on you. We have been redeemed and forgiven. We, we've been redeemed. We've been bought with a price. That word redeemed means that, that he paid a ransom for us. It's the story uh, from the Old Testament. With Hosea, right, and his wife, and and it was his wife was his, and she ran off, and he had to go and pay another ransom to get her back. We we were his. We ran off, and he came, and he paid the highest price. We have been redeemed. The chains that he paid to have removed off of us, but yet we still walk around with those chains when the lock is already off. It's already been broken. But yet we just walk around with them draped on us. We carry them on ourselves. We've, be, we've become accustomed to them. But we, we have been redeemed, purchased, we're his. It, it, it's like you pay the ransom and then the, the person's like, uh, I think I'll just hang out here with these guys for a little bit longer. Why would you do that? There's no greater feeling than knowing that you've been forgiven. To, to know that 
he remembers your sin no more. That, that just like the picture of the blood of Jesus, how it covers us in our sins and washes us, purifies us, makes us clean. It's the same as the doorpost in Egypt. They put, they put the blood of the sacrifice on the doorpost and the Holy Spirit that passed over them. He doesn't see your sin. You're forgiven. The, the blessed life is walking in that forgiveness. You, you can know that you're forgiven, but yet if you don't walk in that forgiveness, then you'll walk around carrying those chains for the rest of your life. In order to be redeemed and forgiven, we have to understand that we, have to, we need a Savior. So many times we think we can handle it on our own. We cannot. In order to be blessed in this, we have to be in Him. Confess our need for a Savior and walk in that. Verse 11, it says, In Him we have also received an inheritance. Because we are predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. Our inheritance is life. Not just eternal life, but life. Like, like the word says that we were dead, but now we're alive in Christ. We think that our inheritance is this far off thing that when I die I get to spend eternity with him and you will but yet we miss out on so much life right here because all we're doing is looking forward to there have you ever looked forward to something so much that you just miss everything else that happened because your focus is there we're, we're so anxious to leave this world aren't we I mean you talk to just about anybody they're like oh man the Lord's coming back any day He's got to look at where it's going. Honestly, and all we're saying is we really don't know if that's true or not. But what we're saying is we hope he does. But by hoping that he comes back causes us to miss out on the life that he has for us now. Our inheritance is not just eternal life, but it is, it is life now. We were dead. We are alive. To walk in that life means that where other people are hopeless, I have hope. Where other people there's chaos, I have peace. Where there's fear, doubt, and worry, well, I walk in trust. Now, it's not every day. It's not every minute. There's ups and downs. There's different seasons where, where I struggle with that. But my inheritance of being a son of him, of being adopted into the family, of being redeemed and forgiven, is that I get to live life now. That my perspective of what is truly living is right here. If the purpose was eternal life, if salvation was only about eternal life, then when we gave our life to him, he would whisk us away. Like, okay, game over, mission accomplished, you're done, come be with me. But no, he heals us, redeems us, and he keeps us here to live life here. Why? Because we have purpose here. We, are, we have a life to live here. And can I tell you, a life apart from him is not life at all. It's just a slow death. 
do I look forward to, to being with him face to face? Absolutely. Do I hope that that's today? No. Because he's given me life here. He's breathed new life in me. Where, where I can draw close to him. Where the things that so easily entangle others, I can walk free of that. It's a future hope, but a present reality, our inheritance. It's a future hope with a present reality. Our inheritance is eternal life, and it's going to be great, but we have to walk in the reality that we're in now. We have life now, and we get to impart that life to others. You've heard that phrase, man, it just sucks the life out of me. We have the opportunity to breathe life into others. Uh, we, we, we have, most of you guys know we have eight kiddos. Uh, Penelope is the third to last, I don't know, so it makes her whatever, number six, I think. <laughs> Penelope is by far, I don't think any of my kids are in here. Penelope, oh, sorry, no, it is. It doesn't apply to you, no. Penelope is, you know, you don't have favorites as parents, but man, if you did, It'd be easy to choose Penelope, but we don't. We don't, though. But it'd be easy to choose her. But, but Penelope, man, she, she's, gonna, she's like her dad. She can talk, man. I mean, she can just spin a story now. And, and it, it never ends. I mean, she's still telling me a story today that started Friday. You know, you're like, eh. And she just looks at you with so much life, you know, like so much life and joy, and, and I had the revelation one day, I was like, she's just telling this story, and it's like, man, I mean, it's just like, and I'm like, I know where she's getting all that life. She's sucking mine right out as she's telling me the story. I'm like, babe, finish the story. No more ends. Like, it's over. It doesn't even go together. You know, she just sucks it right out. I'm just like, I don't even care anymore, babe. But she's still by, I mean, if there were favorites, she would be up there, you know. But we've been given an inheritance of life. And now instead of sucking the life out of people, we get to breathe life into one another. I was visiting uh, one of our members is uh, Jeff and Marie Perkins. And uh, Jeff had had, uh, an infection in his knee, had knee replacement. He's in the hospital, had another surgery to clean it out. He should get out on Tuesday. But, I mean, you walk into that room. And you think, oh, I'm going to go there. I'm going to encourage him. I walked out. I was like, man, that Jeff guy. His name's Jeff Doom, but I could have been talking. I was like, man, that Jeff guy encouraged me. In the middle of all that he's going through, like where, where, where the, the chance of amputation is still on the table. Not, not right now, but in the future at some point. But yet you talk to him and it's like, all he did was, was breathe life into me, that whole conversation. That's our inheritance. We've been giving life, the breath of life. Like Adam was formed from the dust of the ground and he was lifeless until the Holy Spirit was breathed into him, the breath of life. We have that breath of life and now we have the opportunity to breathe life. And if you've ever had someone do that for you where you're like, man, you're struggling and they just come and they just tell you everything's okay. Sometimes they might say a little rougher than that, you know, but then eventually they get to it, it's like, 
hey, it's okay. Our inheritance is something that we get to pour out back on others. Last one. In him you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation when you believed. This is significant. I mean, like, like we're talking spiritual blessings, and if you break it down, there's actually like seven or eight of them in there. But for our, our time today, we're like, but, but a spiritual blessing that he gives us is the Holy Spirit. You see, in, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon one person for a, a specific time, a sp- specific purpose. And then it would depart, right? It would come on a prophet, and the prophet would give the word, or, you know, Daniel, interpret the dream, and then it would go. But when we're talking about blessing, like, we, we have the Holy Spirit, where, where in the past it was for one person at one time, for a specific person, then it departed. We live in a, we live in a covenant where it's permanent, Like the very Spirit of God dwells in us. Like they they had a whole room set aside in the temple, the Holy of Holies, and one priest got to go back there once a year. And and if he accidentally fell and did something, touched him, they tied a rope and they'd have to pull him out because he would die. That lives in us. And, And we desire new shoes, we desire. 12-pack of Dr. Pepper, we desire new shirts, we desire season tickets to sports, we desire trucks, and we desire jobs, and we desire to be known and seen. We want those things, but yet he's given us the very spirit of God to live inside of us. How shallow are we? And I'm talking to me, so don't be offended. I'm offended myself, but how shallow are we? When those are the things that we desire, we want something that can, we can show off to everybody. But all the blessing that he's really trying to give us is something that's going to transform us so that we can actually be beneficial to our families. The benefit of the Holy Spirit is that he transforms us, he renews us, he he gives us a new heart. Why? So that I can be the husband that I was supposed to be. A new job isn't going to make me a better husband. A new pair of shoes isn't going to make me more loved by my kids. Nothing that this world has to offer will make me a better husband, a better spouse, a better father. Nothing. It's the Holy Spirit. We live in a a covenant now that's permanent. There's, There's a permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, but we're we're sealed. Talking today in the waters of baptism, they're sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. That no matter what happens, that can never be taken away. That does sound like an ice cream truck. Man, that's good. (laughs) But, But when you look at that word in the Greek, like, in him you are also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When you really look at that one word, sealed, it, it goes back to when you, you know, like you have the president's seal and you have, you know, the, the emperor's seal to, to signify. Here's three things that it signified. 
authenticity, ownership, and protection. And we are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's the guarantee. It's like, hey, I, I can get in. I, I, look at this. I got, the, I got the pass. I'm good to go. It shows that we're authentic followers of him. It shows that we're his and that we're protected by him. We're sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. Here's why the Holy Spirit, this is why it's so significant. You cannot do what you've been called to do on your own. What, what the Lord has for you is so much bigger, better, and greater than what you're able to accomplish on your own. If you were able to accomplish it on your own, it wouldn't be his. It'd be yours. The Holy Spirit strengthens us, he guides us, and he transforms us. We, we are blessed beyond measure. He's given us everything that we could ever possibly want need or desire. What it takes is for me to go, the American dream is not my dream. To accumulate all the things to build my kingdom does not build his kingdom. The blessings that I previously desired, I see are temporary. I see that they're wasting away and they're not really for my benefit. We have to have a mindset change if we're going to follow him. Because he says, if you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. He said, if you're going to follow me, hey, the road is narrow. The gate is small. Not all, not, not all are going to go through it. We've been blessed beyond measure. Can I encourage you that when you come to a time where you're like, man, Lord, I need this. Or are you there? Do you hear me? Go back to Ephesians 1. Look at the way he has blessed you. He has called you from the foundation of the earth. He's adopted you as a son. He's given you an inheritance. And he's given you life. What else is there? It all pales in comparison. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to go have family lunch. Let me cough. <coughs> ah. Father, we love you. Father, I pray that you would just teach us to see the blessings that you have for us, not to look past them as we look at something shiny and new. Father, would you give us contentment? Would you give us joy, peace, and hope? Would you breathe life into us today? So that we can impart that to our spouse, to our kids, to everyone that you ask us to. Father, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Lunch. It's over in the fellowship hall. If you didn't know about it, you weren't planning on saying, please uh, stay. I wasn't hesitating like, oh, no, just still trying not to cough. Please stay and have a meal with us. We're going to have a meal. There's bounce houses back behind here for the kiddos after lunch. There'll be a movie. We got volleyball that we're looking for a couple of team members on because I think I've offended everybody in here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but love you guys. Hey, y'all go ahead and eat. Food is blessed. We don't need y'all don't need to wait on anybody or anything. Get in line and, and uh, let somebody, if somebody's older is behind you, let them go in front of you.
Amen, amen.